to the Reimagine Podcast, a podcast that seeks to reimagine faith and life in the community as we link, learn, and live together. I'm Greg English, along with Brad Hoffman and Brian Dupuy. Today, on episode 114, we have a conversation about the weight of leadership, grace-based or fear-based. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Hello. I'm just waiting for you. Yeah. That's right. I'm just being polite. You I know? can feel the Walk anticipation. The first, you know? yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of the podcast. All right. We're here. Yeah, we're, record- we're recording. We're Good. recording. All right. <laughs> I was in uh, um, a workshop with you yesterday that you were facilitating very nicely until... Uh-huh. 25, <laughs> 25 minutes in, he looks across the the, the the sea of people in the room, and he's got the iPad stand way in the back. And excuse me for one moment. You want to take a guess? I have no idea. He forgot to hit record. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> Classic so Zoom I, mistake. I, so I it usually to... doesn't happen, but every no. once in a while. Every so often. Know? So yeah. listeners need yeah. to know, you know, yeah. that uh, every now and then you have a slip of the finger and it misses the button and we have to start all over. Yes. Every so often. But not today. I, I prayed the Lord would take it away from me, but he said my, <laughs> my grace is sufficient. <laughs> so, but my uh, anger is wrath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and look uh, at you yeah, today. Yeah. All sweat. yeah, it's, man. It's been raining here in yes. Virginia like it does in wet. Seattle. Yeah. Like for the I last missed. three days, misty, cold, whatever. And you are cool. like, no, it's cold. Ah. You got tan shorts on. <laughs> yep. Baby blue shirt. Baby blue? What, what, what it's a golf theme. It is a golf theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Golf like, club. You just walked out. You just walked out of a Seinfeld cart. episode with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it looks nice. Yeah. I like it, but I'm just trying it's to vintage. Say. It's vintage. Good thing I'm uh, not talking to anybody else today. <laughs> In the room studying all day by myself. You yeah. know, yeah, me and my that's, shirt. That's good. Uh, no. no. Yes. Like, yes. That's 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 <laughs> dressing by faith. Like. <laughs> I know what I see around me. It, it's it's actually, cold and dreary, but it, I'm dressed yeah, in faith. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it helps my golf game. Yeah, well, sure. I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> whatever helps. Whatever helps. You got flip-flops on? Whatever, got on? whatever helps. Let's just go all the way here. You got flip-flop? What do you got? No, got uh, oh, Sperry's. Got Sperry's on. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Little canvas Sperry's, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. His boy, the boyhood's coming out of him. <laughs> and they are like um, khaki, and I really shouldn't probably wear them until like after Labor Day kind of thing, right? No, I think those rules are out the window. You know, it used to be you could only wear white after certain, no more white after Labor Day, right? Right. Yeah. I think that's out the window now. Whatever you want to wear. So it doesn't yeah. matter. We're free. Yeah, for most cultures, whatever. We're free. I tell Kelly all the time, she goes, you, can I do this? You know, I, I should probably put a different pair of, you know, pants on to go to the store. Whatever. I'm like, we live in Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> Anything goes. It's the Wild West. It's, it's whatever goes. Uh, it's the Wild West. Whatever you're comfortable right. with, you put it yeah. on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. and, and, you look nice today. Oh, you, yes, thank you. you do. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Appropriately dressed uh, for yeah. a podcast. For a podcast, that's right. Perfectly uh, dressed for a yeah. podcast. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's how I like to show up. Uh-huh. Perfectly dressed <laughs> for, for a, a podcast. Yeah. Something without video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big plans for the weekend. Uh, we're going to the mountains. Oh, good. Yep. Yeah. Nice for you. We're good. going to the mountains. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It will be. It will be. Hopefully, if it's not raining. Yeah. There's chances of that, but either way. That's oh, good. We're going That's to nice. The yeah. I'm I, I'm at home. I'm really just, uh, man, squirrels in town, so who knows? Mm. I may walk to the stadium. I'll watch a couple of firework shows. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You'll have that down there. Yeah. yeah. No. So, yeah. but we really don't have any big pressure. 
Uh, one son has a birthday, but he's out of town, so we'll deal with that later. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't. <clears throat> we usually were gone this weekend. Uh, usually we're at the beach, but not yeah. this year. So I did yeah. ask Kelly last night. I said, um, well, you know, we got plans for the weekend. or just want a Sabbath. You want to rest? You just want to hang out or do whatever? And, and then we're talking. I said, well, have you called the friends and see if they're inviting us over for the barbecue? I mean, yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> set them up for their hosting this yeah. event. They yeah. don't know it yet, right? Got to know what time to right. be there. That's right. Yeah. Well, so, well, anyhow, hope you have a good Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I plan on it. Yeah. You look like it. <laughs> hey, today. I, but, but I don't look as good as our guest. No, no, no sir. He, no, has, sir. he has the attire for today, yeah. right? Yeah. And we're, and we're going to talk about it. But uh, today we welcome uh, Ed Corey to the podcast. And Ed has been with us uh, before, I think, back at uh, episode um, 70. 70. 70. 70. 70. Yep. 70. And, yes. Uh, so he, he's back today. Ed's the president of Equipping Hearts for the Harvest, and for more than 40 years has worked with substance uh, abusers and their families in, in different diverse settings. He is author of several uh, books and uh, workbook guides uh, for families of, of hurting men and women in those communities. Uh, he has two new books out. Uh, one is called Beyond Becoming that came out just a month or so ago, and he has another one coming out at the end of August called The Weight of Leadership. Yeah. And we'll kind of focus in on that book today. Quite a read uh, that book was. As mm-hmm. I was able yeah. to see that, and um, I appreciate the beat down. It's great. So, Ed, welcome to the uh, <laughs> podcast. The beat down. Wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel very comfortable having you back, knowing that I know what's coming. <laughs> well, thank you for having me back anyway. Yeah. So, so you entered the uh, podcast today with this glamorous hat on. Tell us about it. Well, the last time I was on with you, you were talking about all different kinds of aluminum foil, which I had never considered. Well, that's just the kind of information we like to provide. Well, it's that kind of helpful stuff that keeps me listening. (laughs) We found our niche. Um, So maybe it's the... Go ahead. So in honor of the the occasion of being back with you guys, I made a... uh, a foil hat. Awesome. And, yeah. Uh, it should be noted the top has heavy duty foil, mm. so concentrated alien rays can't get through it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's important. Now, the sides are that non stick stuff. Oh, so yeah. anything that doesn't make it through the top will slide right off the sides. Guys, yeah. I am sick. Yeah. What makes it out of the air can slide right off. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. your choice. And their suction cup hands, you know, they, they'll just slide right off the side. Oh, slide right yeah. off. That's perfect. Now, how That's many funny. of you and your friends are wearing these now? Because <laughs> I need to get on the patent part of this deal. We're, we're, yeah. We need a new yeah. studio that could fund it. Yeah. I could have an initial public offering soon if you guys want to. Yeah. Yes. Can we do a reimagined podcast? That's foil right. hat? That's foil yeah. hat. The foil hat. On the ground floor. That's Not right. Like that. Forget uh, coffee cups. That's right. Going right to the foil hats. Uh, See, when the weight's so heavy, this is the kind of stuff you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, uh, Ed, for being on it. Tell us, uh, since we've met with you um, a while back, um, what you've been up to and how, how things going? They're going well. They're busy. Um, the books are a blessing working with, um, I think we have, I have 16 groups now that I'm supervising that are all doing what I've asked them to do. I'm just, I'm blessed. They're all about um, reflecting grace to people in different ways. Um, it's really been good. Uh, this has been a tough time with COVID, my wife getting cancer in the middle of all this. And um, 
God's just been good to us. We're, we're finally allowed out of quarantine, hmm. which I don't think that was the last time we talked. Right, right. Um, so I went into Walmart the other day. It was like this novel experience. I'm back in Walmart. <laughs> That's where you got the foil hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you needed to wear the foil yeah. hat, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh. So it's, it's been nice to be out and about a little bit. Mm. And, um, you know, I guess pandemics are great for writing if you're into writing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah. I'm actually starting a fourth book already. Um it's just like kind of God keeps downloading ideas. So there's been a, just a lot of writing. Wow. I'm going to ask you a question. I, in fact, I was talking to Brad about yesterday. As I've, I've read several of, of your works and um, just as a relationship with the podcast. And I was reading through the book that's coming out now. And I just thought, wow, just this is powerful. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I even said to Brad, I said, it amazes me. What? what where do these ideas come from? What what what's God given him or gifted him with these thoughts? I mean, how do you get to that conclusion? And, and you know, is it experience? Can you share a little bit about just that statement of God just keeps giving you these ideas or thoughts? Is that experience oriented? Is that academic oriented? Where does that come out of? Um, a lot of it is from experience and one of my gifts is curiosity. I mean, I know that's not in any gift list, Mm -hmm. but I really am blessed with a curious mind. Mm -hmm. And I always want to, I look at things and I'm like, is this the best we can do God? Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of it comes out of training and working with leaders and kind of listening to them. Cause I do a lot of listening Mm -hmm. to leaders Um, in the process of training and interacting with them. And I keep asking God the question, now, if I'm going to train leaders, how do I want to do it? Um, What's, and I keep coming back to Jesus's model of making disciples. It was pretty simple, um, not real complicated. Mm. So I guess it's a mixture of experience, training, curiosity, and trying to stay true to the model of Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now we were just talking about it's just nice to have smart friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant, yeah. wise friends. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. So let's talk a little bit about state of leadership. And uh, in, in it, but you, you had state of leadership. You have fear. You have codependency. You got grace. Um, but uh, how would you? Can you begin by defining this idea of as as leaders? We're, we're we can be codependent or we do have codependencies. We all have them at, on some yeah. level of the system here. So can you talk about codependency? Just kind of open up with that. Yeah. Um, traditionally, codependency has been understood in terms of the dynamics of um, the, the, I guess the classic picture is the addict and the spouse or person in close to them that enables that carries just all those dynamics that y'all have heard about. I mean, there's a lot of good books on codependency. Um, It's been talked about as a dependence that causes dysfunction. It's probably a real simple way to think about it. But when I was working with this material, I wanted to understand it biblically. Um, So I began praying and saying, God, where is codependency in scripture? And he took me to the story of Eli and his sons, you know, those scoundrel sons. And I started studying what the 
um, prophet that came to Eli said, and one of the key things, he says, why do you honor your sons more than me? And by doing all the stuff they were doing, that word honor is sometimes translated glory, but it also means weight, numerous, heavy, or weight. So for me, the penny dropped. I mean, codependency really meant you're giving more weight to other people's feelings, their thoughts, your own fears, than we are to what God happens to be saying to us right now. So codependency to me is a matter of carrying weight that doesn't belong to us. Hmm. Um, And it's very easy for leaders to do that. I mean, it is, I mean, it's as easy as breathing for leaders to do that. So I look at codependency as weight. How are we managing weight? Um, Is God doing the heavy lifting or am I assuming the responsibility to make sure people are doing well, to make sure that my vision works, my plans work, my purposes work? Or am I more concerned with finding out what God is doing, what he wants me to do about that, and then working with him in it? Um, One allows him to do the lifting. The other is I'm required to do it. Mm. So why do we do that? Why do we, why do we carry the weight of people and things? Um, I think it's fear. Mm. It it stems back to me that uh, about grace is grace. I talked about in my first book Mm -hmm. um, means that you were God's favorite. When leaders don't really understand that, um, they tend to function out of what I call the four deadly P's, Mm -hmm. which is pleasing, performing, um, trying to minimize pain or maximize what feels good. And when grace is missing or just weak, the four P's tend to drive us. And when leaders have four P needs that have not been met through grace, they will carry the wrong weight. To perform, to please, to minimize painful or uncomfortable situations, or do what makes them feel good about themselves. So this whole codependency thing is propped up from um, missing absent grace, fear, and the four Ps. It's why it's so easy to go from one kind of codependent behavior to another, because if we never address those underlying issues will continue to function codependently and never realizing we've done it. I think that's so true just in transitions of my own life or journey, right? Um, is that you? I didn't realize the codependencies that were in there until I moved to the next spot because I'd been in one where I was comfortable in. Now you get moved to another. And then those four P's, one of those four P's comes out because you've lost confidence. You're unsure. Well, then you gain that. And it's almost, it just slides along with you until all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I have a real examination I need to deal with and take care of and work in. And um, I found it to be just in that statement there and in that reading, it was like, that's an amen or oh me conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So question, you you mentioned mentioned fear, and I think that's something also in the book you talk a little bit about um, a couple of types of fear and its impact on leadership. But um, when you think about fear, what describe fear? What is that? And um, 
and maybe how I mean we kind of we can kind of get a gist of how it impacts us with the uh, with some of the behaviors. But um, I thought it was interesting you distinguish between fear. Yeah, there are three Greek words, at least three, in the New Testament for fear. Um, one has to do with um, terror or torment which is never for God's people. He is not interested in motivating us that way. But that word also can mean awe and respect. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand the context of the passage to understand what it's referring to. There's another word which means coward or cowardly or timid, which is never the kind of fear God has for his people. Um, Because that's the kind of fear God wants to deliver us from. The last kind of fear is the kind God really wants us to have, which is awe, honor, and respect. That's, you think about fear of the Lord. That's really the kind of fear God would like us to function in. Because when I respect him um, more highly than, you know, my own opinions or what I'm afraid other people will do, um, I tend to move according to what he's asking me and I'm not carrying weight. He doesn't want me to carry. Hmm. That's important for Christians because being motivated by fear is usually not a good thing Mm -hmm. unless it's the kind of fear God has for us. Um, The kind of be afraid, be very afraid you might make a mistake comes from the dark side or from someone else's fear of what will happen if we make a mistake. But that's not how God wants to motivate it. He's, he's very, um, interested in displacing that kind of fear. Um, First John talks about um, perfect or mature love casts out or my way of thinking displaces fear. Mm. So he's really not wanting to motivate us that way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, how do you, um, what are some ways you encourage, because this, this, you know, every day I feel like these, these four P's want to take and, and drive, you know, they want to, they want to take the wheel. Um, and so what are, what are, what are the things you say to leaders or just, just anyone in general as each day we're, we're choosing how, how we're going to live and be in the world, um, and what's going to drive us. What are, what are some, some ways or some practices, um, that, that people can, um, each day, you know, uh, surrender that to, to the God, uh, who gives us this uh-huh. gift of grace. I think having, um, real honest conversations with God about those areas of my life is critical. Um, fake it till you make it doesn't really work with these mm-hmm. because, um, mature love tends needs to displace the fears and the four P's. So I think it's about engaging with God in those areas to find out, um, how he sees me, how he sees other people, how he sees the issues and where special and favorite is in the middle of that. Um, I think it's also important to have other people in your life that can, um, not only admire your foil hats, but can speak special and favorite to you um, as God is seeing you. 
So I think it really it's important to have honest conversations with God about this stuff and honest conversations with trusted friends um, about this stuff. I also notice um, as I'm going about my day, um, what is going on in my body? Because if I'm starting to feel, I know where I carry stress. I know what my body feels like when I'm afraid because mm-hmm. I've practiced, I've done. And so when I'm thinking or feeling that, it's kind of like, okay, God, we need to have a conversation now or later because mm-hmm. I can tell I'm off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have people in my life that know when I'm really not functioning like me when I'm doing the four piece stuff. This is a process. Uh, it really is not just an event and now you're done with the four P's. I think the four P's are part of what the Bible would refer to as flesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pernicious. Um, and I think to some degree, you know, we're all, we're all born sons and daughters of Adam. And that kind of goes with the territory if you're in the four P's too. I just think about those four P's and it, 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 it's not as, unfortunately, maybe we've been equipped to think, well, we've acknowledged them and that's it. And so that's, that's forgiveness. It's over and I move on and I'm just going to be just fine. And I think I could not agree with you more, particularly the season of life of, you know, that this is a process. It's, it's a journey. It's a discipline. Yeah. It's, it's an acknowledgement. It's a, a whole new, uh, looking into and yielding to the spirit of recognizing those things and having that conversation and then applying that that grace or that that favorite mentality to yourself yeah. in the process. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, I think you have a little chart, uh, not a little chart, you have a chart in the, in the book that um, kind of contrasts between grace powered and poisoned by fear and codependency. And and maybe that's like the illustrate. Sometimes I think we need something in front of us mm-hmm. to look like, well, this is how I'm behaving if this is going on and this is how I'm behaving mm-hmm. if this is happening. And so you, you kind of distinguish that between uh, powered by grace and poisoned by fear and codependency. And you mm-hmm. took some, you established some differences between value, success, identity, weakness, problems, feedback. Can you speak into that just a little bit? Because I found that little chart kind of fascinating uh, to me because it was something, I mean, it was easy for me to distinguish when I'm being led by one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This actually came to me while I was teaching, uh, was on, when I was on a mission trip and kind of looking at the dynamics that were going on around me. Mm. Um, When we're powered by grace, our our number one value is growing grace around us and living in God's peace. That is a number one value for our team. Um, It's all about the relationship. When I'm being led by fear and codependence, my number one value is based on my vision, mission activity, and lack of problems in making it happen. Now, I may tell myself that's not my value, but functionally, that's what it come out comes out as. Um, this is critical in working in leadership and teams, because as a team leader, my job is to reflect grace, grow grace, and build grace and God's peace um, in me and the people around me. Um, the work comes out of that 
because there's an incredible creativity I think God gives people when they're clustering around that. When I'm moving more from fear, the thing I'm most concerned with is articulating my vision, making sure it's happening, and trying to squish problems. Success in these two paradigms, um, success when we're powered by grace is relational. Our, what is the state of our relationships, um, me individually and my team? Um, success is defined in the fear side as based on have I accomplished or have I failed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the focus is also in, in success is relational and intentional and in ma- maintaining grace-filled relationships. Um, in the gray side, who we are together is much more important than my ideas. Mm-hmm. Because in a healthy leadership team, you may have an idea, but by the time the team works with it, it sometimes comes out very differently. But it's an expression of um, it really allows God to express creativity and uniqueness through each person to make the vision or idea much bigger or sometimes smaller, but better than what I imagined it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so who we are together is pretty key in um, when it's fear and codependency or identities based around what I do. And it tends to be driven by a leader's vision, goal, and the team is a means for him or her to reach that end. And this gets extraordinarily toxic in places where people are disposable. And the most important thing is the vision, because after all, this is for God. Mm -hmm. Um, So burning out for Jesus is really a good thing. When you consider weakness, then. Um, weakness when you're powered by grace is okay. Listen, we're, we're sons and daughters of the king, right? We are special and favorite. Um, weakness does not change any of that. Just means there's areas we need to grow in. But when you're performance driven and you've got to get this thing done, weakness stays hidden because we are afraid we will get thrown off, thrown out, disqualified, or just pounced upon for our weakness. So there's no growth. It's just people trying to fake it till they make it to get through and not cause too many, too many problems. Leaders are protectors of other people's weaknesses. They recognize it. They value people in spite of it. They do not pretend they're not there, but they also aren't going to give they will recognize the limits of what someone can handle. Um, Fear-driven systems and codependent systems can get very predatory Mm. to where only the strong really survive. You want me to go on? (laughs) (laughs) There's just so much in that to to unpack. I know, I I know. I've read it and I'm sitting here listening with just wiping my chin of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to another question, but I want to pull this out too. Like one of my favorite statements is just, it's undervalues, um, but it's empowered leaders build everything on a foundation of grace, joy, and shalom. They Mm -hmm. hold these sacred. I I just, I just colored all over the top of that. 
Can you just briefly touch on that? To me, that really speaks to the life of Jesus being multiplied in your group. I mean, what is Jesus most concerned with? It's not how many people we reach today. It's really what is the quality of your relationships when you're together? And does that reflect me? I think that's Jesus's heart. Um, So grace, meaning you're special and favorite. Joy is you're glad to be with me. And peace is that deep rest when we need to take a break from engaging. It's a lifestyle. Um, And I think leaders treasure that they value that um it's a journey in christ likeness instead of a journey of doing things for god which is a flip of the coin yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah to most of how we've lived yeah not true true yeah so talk a little bit just um you've, you've you've kind of colored this already to some degree in the conversation, but just this whole idea of grace-based leadership and core values of grace-based leadership. Can you just share just briefly on that? Yeah. I talk about the core values of um, grace-based leadership as an acronym. It's GRACES. Mm -hmm. G stands for God is first. In other words, um, we honor and respect him above all. Um, R stands for relationships, and relationships matter the most. The quality of our relationships matters the most. Um, A stands for we act as a team. And that means um, the Holy Spirit can multiply ideas, gifts, everything, if we're really working as a team. doesn't mean there can't be a leader. It just means team is huge. Um, We don't do the Lone Ranger thing. Mm -hmm. Um, C is a consistent identity counts. That means that as we mature as leaders, we tend to um, act like the same person over time. So when good things are happening, this is how we're acting. When bad things are happening, we're acting the same way. Mm -hmm. People don't need leaders that fly off the handle and bounce every which way. They need consistency of character. Um, E stands for emotions matter. Um, How we handle, especially how we handle negative emotions is really important. As a leader, we don't have the luxury luxury of flying off the handle in anger, um, getting stuck in shame or using shame to motivate people. Um, What we do with negative emotions really matters a lot. It can uh, it can seriously discredit everything we're trying to do if we're handling emotions incorrectly. And the S stands for suffer well, because it means bad things are going to happen no matter how hard you try in leadership. Mm-hmm. We'll make mistakes. Our team will make mistakes. Somebody we didn't even know in our church is going to do something and make a big mistake and reflect badly on us. I mean, the idea of suffer well is that we learn to embrace suffering as part of the journey. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean we're less special and favorite. It's just we're going to be consistently connecting to Jesus and functioning in grace about every aspect of things that are bad or hard. So those are the graces 
are what I call the graces of leadership. Hmm. Is it, I don't know, is this always uncomfortable when those things happen? You're trying to lean into, you're having that open expression, that conversation with God, yielding to those things, recognizing those things, but there not there always a little bit of uncomfortability with that, you know, when you're trying to work through each of these? And even though it's become part of your rhythm as a leader, mm-hmm. you've learned those things, but is that always there? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because fear and the four P's, I think, come from um, places where grace is missing or weak, um, and we all have them. I think it's a part of our flesh nature. They're going to be there to one degree or another. Um, I think the idea is not that we eliminate them, because I don't think we can. I think the idea is grow in maturity so that we're functioning less out of that and we recognize it quicker and we recover more quickly. Um, trying to, uh, you know, one of the P's is perfection. Trying to eliminate all four P's perfectly is a four P. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By the way, there is a little formula I use for helping people think about what they're afraid of in their four P's. And that is this, I mention it in the book, but I'm building it out further and stuff I'm doing now, which is the expression, I will be worthwhile if, or I will be more valuable if, or I'll be more worthy if. Um, That comes because grace is missing. So I'll be worthwhile if you guys like my full hat. Um, we do. What am we I do. Doing? Yeah. Well, good. Let's suppose you did. Let's okay. suppose you were mean and you didn't. Um, that would fall into my performing to gain your approval. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if there's an I will be worthwhile if in my life, it pretty much indicates something in that area is a little bit off. Because I will be worthwhile if directly contradicts um, God's view of us. So the I will be worthwhile if statements can be really, really huge. I learned that from a mentor named John Glenn, not the astronaut, but he lives in Florida. Um, Really, really helpful for me. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. So question, where do you, where do you, like the the typical minister, staff member, pastor, um, that's just, I think of it in terms of today, just trying to keep your head above water. Um. Where do you start this conversation about the weight of leadership? I mean, what is what's the aha moment in that conversation to how do you how do you start that? I mean, I mean, there's an aha moment as you're reading, you know, in a sense, because you recognize this. But how do you start that conversation? I think it starts with listening Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, It's really hard to have this conversation with people if they do not trust you. Wow. And I think listening is one of the ways to build trust. And I don't mean just hearing and thinking about what I can say that's clever, but I mean, really listening and um, compassion is pretty huge. Um, I think also asking really good questions is enormously important. Um, Things like Wow, that that sounds really heavy. Does that feel heavy to you? Um, just ref, it's almost reflective listening. But that that was intense. 
um, where are you at with that right now? I think those kind of, um, that kind of listening and uh, questions that really demonstrate you understand what they're talking about are a gateway into this. Um, I think stories are always good. Um, stories do a lot more than telling people sometimes. But to me, the question really is um, listening and asking good questions. Mm. So, so as an author, big question, what's your hope for weight of leadership? My hope is that people will catch a fresh vision for what leaders can be and can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the paradigm of leadership with, with that we've had has been destructive. Um, you don't have to look far to find a lot of crash and burns lately that have been very public. Yeah. Um, by leaders that were, as far as I'm concerned, were functioning in fear in the four piece. Mm-hmm. And over time, um, the suffering, they were, did not have the character to handle the temptations or the suffering that was coming. So I would love leaders to catch a fresh vision for what leadership can be, particularly younger people mm-hmm. that are just starting. Um, it's kind of hard when you when you've been doing the same thing the same way for many many years to think about you know well I've always done it this way and I've gotten good results why should I change? But I think for people that are just starting out in ministry or new in ministry, um, catching a different way from the beginning, I think I'd love. That's good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. A timely, timely. Uh, yeah, very much conversation so. to have. Um, yeah. So how can people best connect with you for your for your latest resource of uh, Beyond Becoming and then the book, The Weight of Leadership, coming out in August? Um, if they go to equippinghearts.com, that's our website. We'll have announcements about it. Also, if you um, do Facebook or Instagram, um, Equipping Hearts is on both. And we tend to... Uh, to post in advance of things coming out. In fact, usually we give free Kindle versions of a book that's about to be released away um, a couple of days before the actual launch. So if you stay tuned to the website or our social media, um, you may be able to catch a, uh, a free Kindle version. Yeah. Hey. There you go. It's a good deal. There you go. It's <laughs> yeah. a good deal. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming on, Ed. We, I mean, we we've enjoyed the conversation. Certainly, the material and the work and the thought and the experience you've put out uh, has not only been good for other people, but I can just say it's been been good for me uh, mm-hmm. and challenging to me and and opening it a fresh new look of what leadership really is. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Thank you so much um, for having me, and for I'm really blessed that you enjoyed the book. Um, yeah, so I, I got to enjoy it a second time. Yeah. It's, just one, it's one of those things like you enjoy it because it's, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. you know, yeah. now it's yeah. okay. Now I can start seeing the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Adding to the process of, of that. So yeah. it might help to know I've made just about every mistake I write about. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it on, I love it on this one. Like I can't, uh, yeah. when I was reading through this one, I was either craving 
a chocolate chip cookie, a pie, some kind of aroma. Like, I, don't, I don't know what you were snacking on during your writing sessions. Especially those early chapters. They right? did. Yeah, they came out early yeah, here. Yeah. So if you need a good book and a cookie, it comes together with this package. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, a cookie does not come with no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. You can bake them yeah. and then yes. eat while you're yeah. reading. Yeah. Pies, yeah. all yeah. kinds yes, of That's things. right. That's so, right. Uh, so, well, appreciate it. Thanks for Thanks being on today. And thank you for joining us on the Reimagine Podcast. As always, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast. Download and uh, rate those episodes. We'd love to hear back from you. Check us out on the reimaginecast.com website. For Brad and Brian, I'm Greg. Thanks for listening to the Reimagine Podcast.